You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts on Netroots Radio or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for June 3rd, 2022. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where the GOP primaries are, as predicted, officially lit. It's the professional left with Drip Glass and Blue Gal. Lit. Lit. Lit as hell. Man, you can see you can't even see the stars anymore. The fires yeah. are so bright. Well, we've got several congressional races in the area. Yeah. And the primary is at the end of June here in Illinois. Yeah. So the ad campaigns are ratcheting up. Yeah. And uh, we are fortunate, I believe, in that uh, we have an open district. Yes. Uh, that mm-hmm. has been gerrymandered by our, you know, state Democratic supermajority state legislature mm-hmm. to be D plus seven. Right. And so hopefully that means we're going to, we are definitely going to lose Rodney Davis because he's gone off to a safe red district north of here. Well, he's running um, against a, a bunch of other lunatics. He's running against Mary Miller. He and Mary right. Miller are going at it. Yes. And I have, uh, towards the end of this podcast, I would like to recount under the local news, uh, the joy of listening to a Rodney Davis commercial. <laughs> okay. We'll get back to that then. Thank you. Um, I would like to open our podcast today. Um, first of all, it just seems like there are mass shootings now every hour. It's, yeah, it does. It's really scary and awful. Uh And, um, you know, of course, I want to say something hopeful and supportive to the victims of those violent acts. But I'm not going to do the thoughts and prayers thing. We got to get rid of people whose policies are unlimited guns for whoever wants them. Right. And this is a that's that is the politicization of this. Simple and clear. People have have policies that say unlimited access to guns. That's a political policy. Right. And if you disagree with that policy that anybody should be able to buy a weapon of mass destruction, you can't vote Republican because that is their policy. That is the policy they have put in place. And And we can get into the NRA and how bought and paid for and corrupt they are. Sure. The, The real issue is I'm voting against you because you your policies. I disagree with your policies. Right. And and you don't even have to be a single issue voter. No. Because on every issue, Republicans <laughs> are out of their fucking minds. Yeah. Uh, right down the line. You, you pick an issue and you'll find uh, voting rights. Nope. Uh, the planet's burning. No, it's not. Uh, women's uh, hoo-hahs. Nope. Nope. We've got to build a fence around them and force them to have the, bear their rapist children. Like right down the line. Every Republican policy is insane. And, and then they don't have a platform. No, they <laughs> it's don't, just why, whatever why Donald you, Trump wants is our platform. Well, right? Tax cuts, tax cuts, tax cuts. Tax cuts for billionaires. More deregulation. And, and tax increases because we believe that senior citizens living well, off yeah. their retirement don't have any skin in the game. Those goddamn elderly moochers. Right. You know, that's they don't the have problem. any skin in the game and they have to have skin in the game. So. Right. Right. Um, but I want to start with one particular Republican this week, Drift Glass. Okay. All right. Uh, his name is Pete Ricketts. He's oh. the governor of Nebraska. And you uh-huh. told me last night that you did some research on him. Well, yeah, his name he is really a baseball familiar. Team? 
He, he is a partial owner of the Chicago Cubs. Oh, my uh, gosh. Ricketts family is fucking billionaires, and they, mm-hmm. they buy all kinds of things. And one of the things they bought was a chunk of the Chicago Cubs. So, yeah, that's that's the truth. Well, Pete Ricketts, um, I had to research him the other day. There was a absolutely humongous chemical fire in Omaha, Nebraska. Pete Ricketts is governor of Nebraska. Uh-huh. Um, this chemical plant uh, fire blew a humongous cloud of black smoke into the air. And there were videos of it all over Twitter. And it, the, the video, regardless of whether the, what the chemical plant was, what was actually happening there, the video was very dramatic because there was, as I say, black smoke in a humongous cloud covering the picture. Yeah. Thank God no one was hurt. Uh, it appears, having researched it today, that um, the chemical plant uh, did chemicals related to concrete. And they also had within their facility uh, propane. And it was the propane that exploded. Yeah. Um, propane's bad for you, um, but it's not absolutely deadly like some chemicals that if they'd exploded could have absolutely kill people yeah, con- concrete also there's yeah. also silicates in the concrete there's right. also no, and, lots and of anyone who has breathing issues already like yeah. you do drift glass uh-huh. is not going to want to be around it and they did evacuate apparently a 12 by 9 block area around the chemical plant was evacuated and as someone pointed out on twitter you know the uh, race the politics and the economic level of people who live around a chemical plant yeah, and people who don't live around a chemical and plant. And the people who don't live around a chemical plant. So uh-huh. I was seeing this very dramatic video and expecting that this could quite possibly be a dangerous ecological disaster for the city of Omaha. And this is why I went to look at Pete Ricketts, because someone had said, where are all the Republican office holders in Nebraska doing something about this disaster? chemical disaster in their state and no one was commenting on it and i thought okay but that's not really fair because in a disaster like this it's not about how quickly you can tweet something right you put on the the windbreaker and you get out there and you right and and you marshal marshal, you marshal your forces you at you declare a state emergency or a citywide emergency, you get with the local officials, you get with the fire people, you talk with them about what's needed. And if it is something very serious in terms of chemicals in the air, you might even call the White House and say, look, we're going to need a national disaster, you know, and, and you, but you are, your job, and some Republican governors are actually good at this. I'm yes. not slamming all Republicans. Some governors are very good at, some Republican governors are very good at, okay, we have a disaster. We we know we need to get in touch with FEMA. We know we need to get in touch with our state and local and city officials. And and they work it all out, right? And they have, they have staff to work it all out. And the and, money and, and the resources well, and the people, and they line it all up. And that's the difference between a few Republican governors mm-hmm. and Republican senators. Right. Republican <laughs> senators will reliably vote against disaster relief. Um, I'm thinking of Rand Paul specifically. Uh-huh. For everybody but themselves. Yep. Yep. Um, and when it's when their state, um, you know, 
something real bad happens, suddenly it's very important that the nation pull together and support the good people of Kentucky. Right, right. Um, Especially during an election year. Yes. <laughs> when he's governors, yes. governors in the face of disaster. I'm thinking Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush did a pretty good job with hurricanes. And Chris Florida, Christie. Chris Christie shook Obama's hand during yes. the hurricane, had him come in, had, had uh, FEMA come in, did what he had to do. Yeah. You know, and, it's your and job. He, he immediately betrayed all of that as soon as he <laughs> yes, got you know, a megaphone, as soon as the disaster had passed. Yeah. But governors get elected by the people of a state, and if things go horribly wrong, they know they're the ones who are going to get blamed. Right, right, yeah. right. So so it wasn't about, for me, it wasn't about Pete Ricketts getting on Twitter quickly enough. No. I, I expected that if this, that this disaster had happened and that he was going to marshal his forces... And at some point, he would say what was happening on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's not what happened, Driftglass. No. Uh, it, I looked at Pete Ricketts, like our governor, uh, J.B. Pritzker, has two Twitter accounts. Uh-huh. He has a political Twitter account for his re-election campaign and his, uh, you know, him as a politician speaking to his voters. And then he has a governor's Twitter page which is much less uh, partisan and is much more about announcing things that the governor's office is doing. Right. Policy ribbon cutting, things like that. And this is right. So J.B. Pritzker in Illinois does the same thing. He will go on his political Twitter and say uh, Republicans in other states are doing terrible things about women's rights to choice, you know, and he'll and he'll name Republicans and go after them. And he doesn't do that on his governor's website, doesn't go after Republicans the way he does on his political. All right. So Pete Ricketts political Twitter page pinned tweet at the top is an interview that he gave to Christopher Rufo, who some of you know who that is. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Invented CRT out of whole cloth. Yes. Well, and that's he interviews Governor Ricketts about the dangers of this horrible CRT. You know, if you Critical let CRT, race theory is destroying America and we're not going to let it enter. We're going to build a wall around Nebraska schools to make sure CRT doesn't get in. If right? you let okay. CRT in your state, chemical plants blow up. I swear to God. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, it's true. I got the research right here. Show it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's not oh. what happened. Right. So no. I so I knew who I was dealing with. Nothing on this political page about the chemical fire. Okay. Right. And this is several hours later. Nothing about that. Go over to his governor's page, his Twitter page as governor of the state. Is he going to say anything about the chemical fire? No, but he has a live stream going on at the top of his governor's page Mm -hmm. where he's going to have an announcement at a press conference. Okay, he's going to talk about he's going to talk about the chemical fire, right? That's the thing. He's going to talk about the chemical. Thank goodness he's on it. He's going to get FEMA involved. He's going to do whatever he needs to do for the state to make sure people are safe because that's his job, right? I'd like to remind everyone that my wife has never seen a single episode of The West Wing. And therefore, (laughs) this is not political fiction, you know, haunting her mind. I don't like The West Wing. You know that. I don't like it. It's pornography. And I don't like pornography. I don't like that kind of uh dream world i think it's done tremendous damage to the democratic party because they expect perfection from their president because they watch the west wing and democratic presidents should just be president bartlett and by the end of the hour things should be fixed and turn out all right and that's not how it works anyway um so 
Here is Governor Ricketts on Twitter, live, in front of the press, going to make an announcement. There are going to be new not- license plates in Nebraska next year, Drift Glass. Oh, goody. Let's Isn't have a nice? half-hour announcement with several people from the DMV, from his press office, and First Lady Mrs. Ricketts, who formed the committee to design the new license plates. And the new license plates, it was so complicated. I had so much to learn, says Mrs. Ricketts, about license plates and what the rules are. And they're just, Drift Glass, the boringest license plates. I was waiting. I tell you, I was sitting there watching this live thing and thinking, it's going to say, in God we trust. It's going to say, in God we trust. It's going to say, you know, no more critical race theory, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to have Harriet Tubman's face with a circle and a line through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's going to be something incredibly offensive. Uh-huh. No, it was bland and boring. It's white with a kind of like watermark on the back of some art deco art from the 30s that, you know, because the state capital of Nebraska is probably a WPA building, is what I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. You know what? Probably so. But Art Deco um, watermark on the back of the license plate, and then the number is blue on the front, and it's white and blue, and that's it. But, you know, this took two years of the first lady of Nebraska's time to do this. So, mm-hmm. and, and, it's she, worth. and they're going on for 25 minutes what? while smoke is billowing into the air in Omaha. They're talking about license plate. And well, then they had time for questions, and the questions were all about, uh, are you going to do anything to stop 18-year-olds from buying AK-47s? Uh-huh. And he's not. No, of course not. Surprise, he's not. A- a- AR-15s. AR-15s, right. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I, not not AKs. But are you going to stop that? No, of course he's not. So I thought, okay, I'm done with that. But I searched Governor Ricketts name on Twitter one more time just to check. Yeah. And in 2020, this actually made national news. Uh there was a Nebraska pastor named Jared Parker. Uh there were incidents in Nebraska regarding police brutality and Jared Parker uh arranged a meeting with Governor Ricketts to talk with him about how the state could respond, there could be increased trading, you know, any kind of reform that could happen as a result of this unfortunate incident regarding black people and the police. Hello. (laughs) Uh, May may I take a wild stab that uh, Nebraska pastor Jared Parker is an African-American gentleman? He is an African-American gentleman, uh, appears to be, um, and uh, you know, I don't want to over categorize people, but he, he does fall into the category of not just pastor, but community activist. You can definitely see that from the way he's talking in the video that came out. Um, There is a video of him sitting in his car talking to his phone. He walked out on the meeting with Governor Ricketts and he wants to explain to his congregation, to the state and to the community, you know, he was he felt an obligation to meet with the governor to uh, work towards solutions regarding police brutality against black people. Uh Uh, But he walked out on the meeting. And the reason he walked out on the meeting is because Pete Ricketts began uh, the discussion with Pastor Jared Parker with the words, the problem I have with you people. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. And when the, the white billionaire governor Republican of Nebraska 
turned to a African-American pastor and said, you know, the problem I have with you people, the pastor got up yeah. and walked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know. Don't blame him one bit. What would Jesus do? Get the hell out. Yeah. Like, we're done. You know? You no. Know. <laughs> no. And you could tell that uh, Pastor Jared Parker was enraged by mm-hmm. the racism that he had confronted right there at a meeting where you're trying to resolve and come to some agreement and reform things and make things better for everybody. Right. Um, and uh, no, he, and he, he, you, you could also sense a sense of regret that, look, I can't work with this person. Um, and, he, and why should he? Right. The problem I have with you people. And of course, well, now I, he's got CRT pinned to the top of his Twitter page. So I got I got to wonder if he bought the Cubs to get all those Negro League players out of his <laughs> ball club. I just I kind of wonder. Well, the problem he has with the, with you people with you people, is, you know, <laughs> it just it's I mean it's not funny except that he's such a freaking cartoon. Well, it's not funny, but it's 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 not funny because it's the real world. It is, and and nothing about. This chemical fire. I mean, this is what no. this is what bothers me most of all is where is the governing of the state of Nebraska? Yeah. Well, they're busy. They got what they voted for, right? They they did, and they're gonna vote for it again. Yeah. And they're gonna vote for it again until they drive the state in, you know, back to the Bronze Age. Yeah. And then we'll take pity on them and I suppose, you know, ship them um sharp objects and mm-hmm. <laughs> sandwiches. I I don't know what to say to states that the voters go, you know, the enlightenment is just too much. Uh, we've got to get yeah. back to the good old days of 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 thirty year lifespans, uh, not knowing how medicine works, and women being forced to bear children whether they like it or not. That's what we that's that we miss those days. All right. And, so so let let me interrupt you and sure. finish off by saying that I went on to Twitter today to find out the name of Pastor Jared Parker for our notes uh-huh. by looking up Nebraska Pastor on Twitter. And in the course of doing that, I found an editorial written by Rebecca McNeil. She is a pastor, a uh, retired pastor now, in Nebraska. Huh. Okay. Uh, she's a Nebraska native. She went to school in Oklahoma. She was ordained in the 80s. Uh, any disciples of Christ church um, has been a pastor for 20, 25 years. Uh, And she has a regular column in the Elgin, Nebraska review. Okay. We, uh, we have Uh, that, we have that kind of here. We have a a, once a week faith column, a thing, a faith column. Exactly. And from looking at her archives of her columns, they are definitely about, you know, uh, how Jesus would see things and love your neighbor and, you know, this, this charity, these Girl Scouts did this wonderful thing. And, you know, it's, it's uh, a little bit of spirituality dusted on some feel good stuff. And I'm no, I have no criticism for that. Yeah. Right. Pancake days and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, uh, but her editorial for January 13th, 2021, the, the uh-huh. editorial that came that she wrote, uh, the next one after January 6th. I was going to say, why does that month and year sound so <laughs> familiar to me? And I'm not going to read the whole editorial, but uh, just a few sentences of it. The title of it is, It is Time to Repent. Uh-huh. There was nothing of Jesus in what took place at the U.S. Capitol on Epiphany. In, am- in amongst the Don't Tread on Me banners and Confederate and Trump flags, there were also crosses. 
and banners and signs carrying Jesus' name. But he was not there. Not with the zealots who stormed our citadel of democracy, equipped with zip ties for restraining our elected representatives. Not with the hooligans who smeared feces and peed in its historic hallways. Not with the mob chanting to hang the vice president. And not with the deluded dopes who had been so brainwashed by years of Breitbart and Fox and church leaders who long Mm. ago climbed into bed with crooked politicians. Oh, she named names. She named names. Or named companies. Named organizations, yeah. That they mistakenly and naively believed they were being patriots promoting a righteous cause that day. There is nothing of Jesus in the frenzied waving of flags bearing one man's name. There is nothing of Jesus and nothing pro-life about a politician and his minions who whip up a crowd in a rally and then point them in the direction of the Capitol where five people lost their lives in the violence, including a police officer. Do not be deceived. Jesus was not any part of that. Well, and and she goes on, right. and you know, it's a it's a thousand word essay, um, spoken so she's, by, she, by spoken a pastor. by a a local respected religious leader with a history of of editorial license to write what she believes and feels, who was moved to write something very passionate and very important to her local community. Right. So uh, she submitted this column, and she got a letter from Dennis Morgan, the owner and publisher of the Elgin Review. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, first, let me say thank you for your past column submissions. We have made a decision this week to go in a different direction. As a result, we will no longer be publishing your column. Mm-hmm. Period. Not this column. Your column. Uh-huh. You're done here. Yep. We're not yep. going to publish this column and we're never having you back. This is, you know, first of all, let's 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 look at all the things this is. Mm-hmm. It is... Absolutely reflective of my experience with our local paper. Uh huh. Which, um, when people finally left its employment, were able to say on social media, "At last, I'm free to express myself." Wow. Uh, but who, while they were there, you could tell we're making we're, we're towing the party line, man, and they were doing what the publisher ordered them to do, which was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, syndicate and Coulter. Mm-hmm. And if any asshole asks why, tell them it's for balance. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, th- this is a paper that sponsored um, um, Ted Nugent to come and be their their celebrity spokesperson, great outdoorsman Ted Nugent at their at some outdoor sh- thing. Ted Nugent is a fucking monster who advocated, you know, killing Hillary Clinton, who advocated just just horrible, horrible, shitty human being that this paper's publisher celebrated and invited everyone to come on down and meet meet Ted Nugent. Then wrote a column about the importance of civility. On both sides. This is what control of local media means. And what this also is, is cancel culture. This is mm-hmm. actual cancel culture. Mm-hmm. This is someone who has never, um, as far as we know, strayed from a pretty um, center, centerish, um, community-minded, as you said, right. um, you know, pancake days sprinkled with Jesus. Right. And then something horrific happened. Mm-hmm. And she felt moved to write about why this is not a Christian act and people who think it is are are wrong. And these are the organizations that have misled them. And the response from the publisher was, thanks, but no thanks. You're out of here. Mm-hmm. That is exactly the problem of that we as bloggers and podcasters or people who are griping that Democrats don't know how to message, don't seem to understand. 
Mm-hmm. There is no way into this this horrible mess. This 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 Republican hate machine. All, you're not going to get any opinions at the top. You're not going to get any opinions in the door at the middle, and you're not going to get any opinions in the door at the local level. There's no room for us anywhere in that universe. And there's no and all they have to do is tell her no. Right. That's the local paper. What's she going to do? She can start blogging. <laughs> you know, I've been well, doing she, that for she 7 did. years. She did. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. has. She has always published her apparently she has always published her column on the web as well. Mm-hmm. Or at least up until I don't know exactly the history of it, but she certainly published this column on the web and explained right. that she'd been let go. Yeah. And this is the this is the marketplace of ideas problem, which is the marketplace for ideas at the local newspaper level, which is where you would think being able to convince people not to be insane or stupid or violent or racist could begin is all about, well, we have paid subscribers and our our subscription base, our advertising base are obituaries and marriage announcements. Mm-hmm. And we can't do anything to offend any of the people who are going to be dying soon or have family members who are dying soon. So don't offend seniors and don't offend people who are basically Republicans because that's mm-hmm. that's where they get their news. So we can't say anything that is true. We can't take a position on anything. Well, because and now of, they're all owned by hedge funds. Yeah, gate, Gatehouse here. Gatehouse here. here. Yeah. yeah. The news so, is now owned by super wealthy organizations that don't want anything that's going to interfere with selling advertising. Right. And I forget who said this on social media. You know, the days of um, eccentric millionaires who believe in freedom of the press owning papers is over. Mm-hmm. These are now owned by billionaires who who are all about shareholder value, squeezing every nickel they can out of it and pro- and using the papers that they've acquired for propaganda. Mm-hmm. And there, mm-hmm. there is simply no alternate press out there that is anywhere near the size and scope of just buying up a bunch of newspapers or- And local gra- TV shows. And local TV, all yeah. of our local TV, our local radio stations. This is not a matter of a lack of intent. This is a matter of lack of money. This is we intent. The- no, this is definitely- well, Tremendous intent on the right to own exactly. everything. Yes. The, it, it is not a matter of lack of intent or passion on the part of we liberals. No. We do not have crackpot billionaires who will spend 30 years buying up radio stations and buying up TV stations and, and buying, buying up, up churches. Supreme Court seats. And buying Supreme Court. We don't have that. Yeah. We have always relied on the, the righteousness of our cause. And the people who do have the money at the top of the left – are not interested in investing in any of those things. They think the righteousness of the cause should be enough. That we out here in the field, you know, raising our fists and marching and protesting should be enough. That should be enough. Getting on Twitter and saying, the Republican Party is owned by the NRA. Um, ra- show of hands, who agrees with me? Should be enough. <laughs> and it isn't. It is nowhere yeah. near enough. And that is a source of you know perpetual frustration um, with all of us, I think. Um, but we need not relitigate that today. Today... I'd like to explain how to watch Fox News. Oh. Now, there are many, many podcasts out there that you can choose from and, and, and local liberal radio stations out there in the world who do the daily outrage. Um, there's a list of things that you should be angry about today. Have you heard what, what George so-and-so said today? Oh, my God. Can you believe what Harry Bababa said? John Kennedy said this. And there's usually a co-host. You can be my co-host here who can go, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the whole show. That is the entire show. Oh, my God. Can you believe how stupid so-and-so is? Oh, my God. Yes, no, I'm outraged. No, I can't believe it. I can't believe oh, how stupid he is. Louis Gohmert out- is so stupid. Why are yes. we outraged? Why aren't people more outraged about this? Yeah. You know, he or she says to the 10 people who are listening who already agree with them. Yeah. Um, 
that is not this podcast. No. You, there are plenty out there, and plenty of people do this really well, but that's not this. What we would like to tell you, because we do watch Fox. My wife has to you know, dip into it every now and then for work. I watch it for a very specific reason. We watch Fox News for the ads. Yes. And we watch Fox News for what I call the Chiron steeplechase. The Chiron steeplechase. Right. The Chiron steeplechase, uh, stolen from Columbia College writing exercise. About you, you, you write for a page and then you change your genre. Same story. And then you write mm -hmm. for another page and you change the tense. And then you write for a page and you change the, the point of view. Mm -hmm. And you keep shifting your, your perspective um, to see what works and what doesn't work and how that affects the tale. And you could really improve your story all of a sudden. Yes, you can. Oh, my God. This should be told yeah. in first person. That this should be to me. told in first person or this should be told with an omniscient narrator. Yes. Why am I writing I, 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 where if I put... And she did this and she did that and she did this. It's so much better. And it just depends on the story you're telling. It does. First story I ever had published in my life. I, I wrote it in third person. Halfway through, I told the guy, I was uh, he was about my age, a little bit older. I'm tearing this up and starting over. Did it over in first person. It was a totally different story and it was published. Mm -hmm. um, it but changes. Steeplechase on Fox is yeah, a different steeple, thing. Steeple, but the steeplechase on Fox, the, the Chiron steeplechase is a fast, fast way of, of figuring out during the course of the day what real news is breaking in the world and what Fox is trying to do to get you to not pay attention to the real news. Right, right. So we go CNN, CNN, MSNBC, Fox. Now, CNN and MSNBC are no prizes. We have mm -hmm. a loyal listener and dear friend who reminds us every day, MSNBC is not your friend. Not your friend. Not Steve your friend. says that. Steve also says, uh, creepy weirdo. Yes. <laughs> About Republicans yes. in general, they're creepy they are, weirdos. They are creepy weirdos. And, creepy, and I know he them. gets that from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But yes. yes, creepy weirdo and also MSNBC is not your friend. So if you are, if you need to, because, you know, it's hard to get away from Fox. You can cut cable and that's fine. You should do that. But if you have cable, as most television viewers do, stop, Fox comes with the package. It shouldn't. Mm -hmm. It's evil. It's like including herpes with, a to with toothpaste. You, mm -hmm. you know, why would you do that? But mm -hmm. there it is. However, um, Fox News, you can reliably understand the world in a very short period of time by going, oh, MSNBC is talking about um, Joe Biden's program for this. And, and CNN Joe Biden visiting Texas is one, yeah, Joe is one example, right? Joe Biden, Joe Biden visiting Texas. Comforting Biden visiting Texas. mourners. Comforting um, mourners of the shooting, right? And then uh, CNN, CNN has Joe CNN Biden has an, comforting them, right? Yeah. Or CNN has an analysis of the you know the, the shooting patterns or something right, whatever right, some guy right. there. and Fox News is all about does marijuana cause mass shooting? <laughs> what yeah. Laura Ingram actually did that this week. <laughs> and then you have you know another since that's the news of this week. Um, it's uh, mass shooting occurred here. Here's what we know. Mass shooting occurred here. Here's what we know. Over on Fox, insane Biden loses his mind and berates staff and that 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 that. It's, mm -hmm. oh, this is what your crazy Uncle Liberty is watching. And e even if it just filters like poison into his or her ecosystem, this is where it's coming from. And It's the Johnny Depp trial, the end of Me Too, Drift Glass. Well, yeah, is it? That was is today. It? Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't know. But it's always something horrible. And mm -hmm. it's always designed, when, the, when there's slow news, which I know you don't believe there is, but occasionally there is, they go to... Some guy living under a bridge in San Bernardino who says, I live off welfare and I love every minute of it. And mm -hmm. that becomes all Democrats are mooching assholes who want to give your money to losers. 
And and that's just a reinforcing message. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. every day, every day. Remember, Democrats are monsters. Democrats are criminals. This is Newt Gingrich politics on TV. Mm-hmm. But when things are bad or breaking or actually happening in the world, it's it's interesting to watch. They go to, I swear to God, a cardboard box somewhere in someone's yep. office. And there's yep, a list of they do. distracting topics we should run to keep people from noticing that we're monstrous, bloodthirsty scumbags. And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And that's what your crazy Uncle Liberty will talk about today. So that is the only way we recommend you ever watch Fox News if you do it all. Secondly, for the ads. For the oh, ads, the baby. Ads, the ads yeah. are great. The ads are, well, first of all, it's all Mike Lindell. It's a lot all of it is Mike Lindell, yes. Yeah. But watching the political ads during primary season mm-hmm. is just glorious because it really is just a bunch of bottom-feeding monsters climbing all over each other, trying to be the most conservative, yeah, most pure. And it's all about Joe Biden is a communist. Liberals want to murder you. Um, and I believe 100% in guns and your snatch belongs to me. Yes, you know? right, uh, right. We now own your entire reproductive system of every woman in this country. And, and Donald Trump and I uh, tongue each other on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. So, I, I'm the most yeah. Trumpy Trump Trumpin. Yeah. Well, I know I, my, my opponent was endorsed by Donald Trump, but I am actually the Trumpiest of all the Trump because <laughs> all of them are, are, you know, all of them. Pure live MAGA. Up his, yes. Yeah. Right. And who's the purest? Who's the, and that's all they're, that is all they're, they're debating. That's all mm-hmm. these ads are. And it's, it's to get past each other so they can go take on the dirty commie liberals. And what is fascinating to me and tragic and not surprising in the least is the language they're using in, in the normal course of their conversations, the shit they say every day in Congress, the shit they say in their ads, all the, the shit they say everywhere is uglier and harsher and, and more uh, laden with lies and laden with intentional fear-mongering bullshit than Newt Gingrich ever dreamed of. Mm-hmm. Back in 1992 or three or four, the, the New York Times wrote an op-ed going, oh my God, this is the Newt Gingrich project to teach Republicans how to say terrible things in front of Mm -hmm. a microphone. Mm -hmm. And if this goes on, things could get really bad, but I'm sure it's so outrageous and so wrong that responsible people won't let it happen. Well, 30 years later, and that vocabulary is now tame compared to the everyday quotidian vocabulary of the average Republican doing anything, saying anything, talking anywhere. And that's how far we've gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now they're knifing each other. I realize come the fall, it's going to be brutal, and we're all going to have to fight for every vote. But for the moment, watching Republicans try to picnicking on each other over who's the most MAGA is mm-hmm. something to see. Well, and the thing I love, too, is that after the election's over, the primary election's over, and it's time to move on and focus on the Democrats and focus on winning the election. Mm-hmm. These candidates are doing the stop the steal bullshit. Yes. Yes, they are. About other Republicans. With each other. Yes. Oh, With each other. Yeah. This Candace Taylor in yeah. this gun gods and babies bus lady mm-hmm. in Georgia who, ev- I'm telling you, every time I see her on television or on Twitter uh, still talking, mm-hmm. she deleted, by the way, her YouTube account today. Uh, oh, no. Uh, yeah. Perhaps because she realizes if she wants to have a political future anywhere she can't be out on YouTube. There can't be YouTubes out there of her whining. 
<laughs> but she had got 3.4% of the vote in Georgia of the, in the Republican primary. And uh, she is claiming, you know, based on some article by Emerald Robinson at Newsmax, okay. you know her, uh, that, oh, no, there were discrepancies in the Georgia election and stop the steal. And, of course, Brad Ravensburger won, right. which has really got to burn up Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently... Adam Kinzinger encouraged Democratic voters in Georgia to switch over, to switch parties in the Georgia primary and vote for Raffensperger. (laughs) And apparently quite a few did. Uh Apparently that's allowed in Georgia. Some states that's not allowed. You're not allowed to switch parties before the primary, but uh, because that's rat fucking. But uh, apparently some did. Uh, Raffensperger won, which is, you know, very bad as far as Trump's concerned, he considers that cheating. Uh, in Pennsylvania, Donald Trump uh, screamed on Truth Social, "Stop finding votes!" Right, right. Well, that, <laughs> and this know, is a Republican primary. You're supposed to want. You're supposed to want your your goal now in Pennsylvania should be to uh, defeat the Democratic candidate. Yeah. Well, and they're suing each other, right, because of well, a recount and everything. But they're. In Georgia, there's sour grapes all over the place. Well, now that screaming uh, fraud every time you lose for mm-hmm. any reason, even if it's by 50 points, right. has been legitimized by the head of the party. And it's know, apparently all, a way to raise money. That's on the table the election. now. Yeah. That's a, there's no election that is legitimate that is not – no election is legitimate unless Donald Trump says it's legitimate. Right. That's right. the rule. And there's and, no policy in the Republican Party – Unless Donald Trump says today that he wants that policy. Right. That's right. it. Well. And he's got all the money. He does. Um, and he still has his defenders, even though even when they lose in court. Yes. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about Bill Barr. Uh, this whole thing with the Durham investigation, which has been everybody's hope on the right in MAGA yeah. world that, oh, just wait, Durham's going to get him. Durham's going to get Hillary. At long last, we're going to get Hillary. How soon because- until... His nickname is Bullshit Durham. I just. <laughs> Bullshit Durham. That's the yeah. title of our podcast this Thank week. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'm happy to oblige. Oh, Lord. Uh, and and the best he could do was to uh, try to prosecute a Hillary Clinton uh, part time. I believe he was only part time for the Clinton campaign. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, claim that he had lied to the FBI and saying that he didn't work for for Clinton or didn't bring up that he worked for the Clinton campaign. Yeah. And that 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 was lying to the FBI. The lowest hanging possible fruit you can charge anyone with in this whole mess. And the jury Uh, came back in six hours and all of them said in interviews afterwards. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have a case. It's bullshit. It's all (laughs) bullshit. What were we going to (laughs) do? This is is the, this is in any, among all the charges they could have brought and they should have brought none because it's all bullshit. Yeah. They brought the easiest one to prove. Yeah, the one right. you can, you know, basically indict a ham sandwich, that that uh-huh. level of, that's, of that's certainty. That's the claim, yeah. And yeah. the jury threw it out. The jury said bullshit. In six hours. In yeah. six hours, they threw it out. Not two days. No, They didn't need a whole lot of deliberation. They needed to read the evidence one at a time, which what juries, which is what juries have to do. Right. They have to go through oh. each page of evidence and read it and then have a little vote on it to see where people think this evidence is important or not. Well, they, and they, they had did to their stick job. around. 
They had right. to stick around for the free meals. I mean, that's why it took six hours. <laughs> We're waiting till dinner. <laughs> Look, this is, they serve some good shit at the courthouse. steak, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so, so six hours later, they come back and say, it really, there was no disagreement in the jury at all that this but, was dumb. But Bill Barr knows what's really important. Well, Bill Barr then went on Jesse Waters' prime time, and he said it didn't matter. It did, and, and so many people this week are trying to make, trying to polish this turd. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Durham lost because he won he won the truth war. And so Bill Barr was actually sitting at a 45 degree angle <laughs> and everyone said, you know, the body language here is leaning away from the camera and uh-huh. clearly knows he's lying. But he has to come out and tell Fox News viewers that it didn't matter that Durham didn't get a conviction because it was far more important. To, to make sure that Billary Clinton, you know, uh-huh. uh, Hillary, Killary. Killary, Killary, yeah. yeah, all of that, that, you know, we got, we got political revenge. We, we showed people how corrupt Hillary Clinton is. Yeah. By losing the case. By losing court. the case. But we got him, man. We, well, and, 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 you know, and admitting that this is a propaganda exercise. Yeah. Everything well, that Durham was doing was he would, he would release, uh, you know, Make press releases at t- at opportune times to get on Fox News and ha- give them another Chiron, right? Well, yeah, and and Trump never cared about Ukraine investigating the Biden family. No, he cared about them saying they were going exactly. to, so he could turn around and say, "Oh my God, look how corrupt they are! They're going to investigate the corrupt Biden family." Even even Ukraine is investigating Biden. Yeah. Right, that's all he wants. He wants the headline, the the New York Post style headline that says my opponent is corrupt and and because, because Rupert Murdoch is not going to do any investigation as no. to what they're actually doing. Well, it's because, a propaganda exercise. Yes. And because the meatheads on the right don't read below the headline. Right. All right. they they just know that Trump steaks are delicious. <laughs> well, they'll they have they have botulism and they don't exist anymore and they went out of business as with all of the No, they're delicious. It says so right in the advertising. And you know, Trump knows his audience. His audience are as we've said before the 70 million plus reprogrammable meatbags on the right who believe everything Sean Hannity shits into their skull. Mm-hmm. And they are never going to stop being this way and they're never going to stop believing. And, and, and there's, there is always a moment when things don't work and they sort of are, they're, they're like all the droids or all the, all the ships in, in uh, Independence Day when the mothership blown up. They all crash. Mm-hmm. You know, the power supply has been cut off and they all go dead. And so they're waiting for the next lie, you know, because they're not going to give up their their insane racist beliefs. They're just waiting for someone to tell them how to justify it. And Bill Barr comes along and says, well, you know, we really won. Yeah. We really won this, actually, because the point was smear- smearing Killary and, and getting revenge for our guy, Donald. And we did that. So fuck those liberals. And, oh, okay, good. So it, whether she did anything wrong or not was irrelevant. It was sticking it to her. Well, mm-hmm. we made a liberal cry. That's great. Uh, you want to talk about the epidemiology of bad ideas. Yeah. And then I've got, well, in parentheses, Andrew Sullivan. Is that yeah. related to that? <laughs> it, it, it kind of is. I mean, it does interest me. There was such an incredible amount of um, propaganda, an insistence, an insistence from our Never Trump friends that we on the left need to talk to people to talk in their language. Don't condescend. Listen to them empathetically. And, and you know, find that place where you can find common ground. And, you know, we do that in our lives here in Springfield. Mm-hmm. We find common ground over 
paving the streets and putting in a stop sign and and having speed bumps. But when it comes to political policies, there is no common ground to be found. There just isn't. So I am always curious about not the people who watch Fox News. They're a lost cause. But I keep hearing that there's this group in the middle who are who are like undecided, inchoate. You know, they can go one way or the other. Maybe they'll vote for the fascists. Maybe they won't. They just don't know. Who are simultaneously not paying attention to anything, but have firmly held opinions about everything. And I got to wonder, because none of the people who preach this bullshit doctrine will talk to me and explain to me how they came to this conclusion, where the bad ideas get into the independent brain, not the Republican brain, but the imaginary centrist liberal brain. Why do imaginary centrists who don't watch the news, I'm not on social media, I don't Google stuff, I'm busy, I don't do any of that stuff. How do they come to believe that Joe Biden is a communist? What makes them believe that uh, that uh, uh, Barack Obama might well have been a Kenyan, uh, Kenyan-born Kenyan citizen? Mm-hmm. What made them think that Bill Clinton might very well have had people murdered? Um, mm-hmm. What makes them think that there is no difference between the two parties? Because those are really, really shitty ideas that are believed by people who are allegedly outside the Republican Party. And you and I can reach those people, Blue Gal. If only we find the right bar at the right time and by the right person, the correct beer, and then, you know, talk to them like people. Yeah, but, you know, I think this is this is absolutely imaginary on their part. It is. It's not just not just not just that there is no such thing as an independent, because Mm -hmm. there are, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, there are people who just want to get along with their coworkers. They don't want to they don't want to start controversy or get fired Uh and and politics in terms of debating issues is just not part of their day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. They will talk about the Johnny Depp trial or what happened on The Bachelor for hours and hours and hours because the consequences of that are not life and death. But they don't, they either don't feel qualified or they just don't want to talk about real issues that matter in terms of people's actual existence. So, Yes. And and but I just no wanted to... to bring up, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just, just said, yeah. if they don't want to talk about real issues, there's no way to talk to them about real issues. No, because so. they're, they're going to change the channel to The Bachelorette. They are. Right. right. Or Mass Singer. That's what they're going to talk about. Yeah. Whether you talk to them as a, a guy on the bar stool next to them or talk to them as an MSNBC contributor, yeah. uh, no. they're not going to listen because they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. No. And they may go and vote, um, and, and they either vote absolutely consistently for one party, in mm-hmm. which case they're just not an independent, even though that's what they call themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, f- every four years they go and vote the same way, right? As, as most studies have shown, there most are no, really shown, no independents yeah. out there. But but the people who are swing voters, uh-huh. who change and will vote, and there are people who voted for Obama and then voted for Trump. Sure. They either always want to vote for the winner or... Uh, they vote on a whim they or they vote as a joke mm-hmm. uh they i think that's why trump won very specific counties in michigan is that there were white guys who were not going to vote for hillary no matter what even if they felt like trump was awful they were going to vote for him as a joke right because then they wouldn't be responsible for anything hillary did for the next 4 years and they were that's convinced right. she was going to win like lots of people were mm-hmm. all right but um sarah longwell who i know is one of the uh, Bulwark, Bulwark Lincoln people, Project, right? Yes. She's yeah. a Republican Accountability Project. 
uh, never Trumper, et cetera. But she's also a pollster. Mm -hmm. And she spends a lot of time uh, interviewing swing voters, people who voted differently in different presidential elections. Right. Um, in order to do research in Arizona and other places to find out what is on their minds. And these swing voters that she has interviewed and identified as swing voters, um, she was talking uh, with one of the pod boys uh -huh. about um, this kind of voter. Uh, apparently, there are a lot of them in Arizona who w voted for John McCain 1,700 times, but also voted for Obama for president. Mm -hmm. um, and she said that those swing voters, the things that she identified as qualities of those swing voters, I found very uh, comforting. Swing voters are vaccinated. Uh, swing voters believe that Joe Biden is president of the United States and they really don't like relitigating 2020. Right. Um, and uh, they're not going to vote for Carrie Lake for governor in Arizona because she's nuts. Mm -hmm. And this MAGA... I'm going after the media. Uh, I'm going to burn a mask on one of my ads. Yeah, smash uh, TVs. Gonna and smash, smash TVs. TVs with a baseball bat, uh, you know, because Don Lemon's face is on there. Right. <laughs> you know, that's right. that kind of thing. Uh, they're not they're not going to vote that way. Um, and I, and this is getting off of our notes, but 10 grain over at Mock Paper Scissors has an article up talking about another pollster on Meet the Press this weekend, Mr. Belcher. Yeah, um, Cornell, Cornell, Cornell Belcher, right? Belcher yeah. talking yeah. about, no, really, this is the year of the angry mom. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on the fact that taking away abortion rights and having a mass shooting every other day because Republican policies say that that's the price of freedom. Right. Uh, that women are just fed up with that. Well, can I can I separate the, the swing voter from the angry mom voter just for a sure, second? Sure, sure. Uh, angry, I can totally believe that any decent mom, person who's had a mother, who is a mother, who plans to be mm -hmm. a mother, um, would be boiling mad right mm -hmm. now. Right. And boiling mad at, at the people who did this to them, who endangered their children, and mm -hmm. who want to take away their rights and their daughter's rights. Right. I can totally believe that. Swing voters, on the other hand, remind me a whole lot of the Tea Party. Mm. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I voted for George Bush, but I never supported the war. I, 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 I never liked know, the tweet. I right? never yeah. like the tweets. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, you're still going to vote for the fascists, but you don't like the fact that they're so fucking flamboyant about their fascism. Right, right. So as long yeah. as you can get a nice comfortable fascist who wears a suit or preferably like a jogging outfit and it looks like he coaches kids soccer, I'll vote for that fascist. Oh, yeah, that's that's fine with me. And so the GOP is now calibrating how to present the fascism to the swing voter who is really a Republican and just mm -hmm. doesn't like certain aspects of the party because – they sound. It makes them sound stupid, and and it's dumb. There are certain things that they're just dumb. And I'm look. I'm not dumb enough not to wear a mask, okay? But I'm still going to vote for Ron DeSantis if he runs for president. Well, and but I think I think your hostility toward that politics is is uh, skewing skewing your opinion because quite possibly quite possibly because uh, there is so much privilege in being able to choose the fascist. And believe in your hearts that nothing he does will affect you. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, this voting for Trump as a joke, white guys in Michigan feel like right. they're never good. That's never nothing he does is going to change my day to day life. Yeah. Um, Let me just remind you of one yeah. other thing. Mm -hmm. Trump got 8 million more votes in 2020 than he got in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So, the, the, so something happened. 
Yeah. I mean, Biden got even more than that, and thank God he did, and that, that, yeah. that all that is great and good. But the Trump joke voters yeah. didn't go away. No, I Something guess they did Something happened yeah. between 16 and 20 to build even more of them. And I think they got it. A lot of people got a taste of like, oh, you're going to just fuck the liberals all the time. You're going to dump Good. all over them all yeah, the time. Yeah, they like that. Great. Yes. Great. I can have all the well, guns I want. And is that because they feel so, so powerless in their day-to-day lives that this guy is fighting for them? Well, and, and this is where the epidemiology part comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me point out something to you that literally 45 million Americans, no, 172 million Americans mm-hmm. have a crazy Uncle Liberty. Yeah. Who shows up at, at weekends and holidays and you know Thanksgiving, et cetera, and sits at the table and has a couple of drinks and starts talking about the colors. Yep. And every, affirmative and every, action is the whole problem here. You know, yes. The yes. Welfare queens, you know, back in my day, everybody knows Crazy Uncle Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, even though people are regularly exposed to these stupid ideas of Crazy Uncle Liberty, somehow they're immune. You know, <laughs> they don't, of, they you know, don't go along with crazy your liberty. Crazy yeah. liberty yeah. makes a lot of sense. You know, no. I, I've been listening to a few years now and God darn it. He's right about those welfare Queens. I don't hear a lot of people said, you know, I had a conversion moment. I was, I was on the, uh, the road to Damascus and I suddenly realized crazy uncle Liberty, uh, Archie bunkers was right. It wasn't a comedy. Uh, it was, it was the truth. Archie bunker was telling the truth. Yes. <laughs> so there are certain people out there who are immune to dumb ideas being pitched by awful people. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how that immunity is carried forward and around because mm-hmm. apparently mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are swing voters who are like, you know, maybe welfare queens are the problem. You know, I don't who are I don't know what they think, but most importantly, I don't know how the stupid ideas get into their head because lots of stupid ideas out there from lots of sources and there's lots of people who are immune to them. Mm-hmm. Lots of people mm-hmm. who just roll their eyes and go, God, this fucker again. Yeah. Who move away from the crazy guy at the end of the bar. Yeah. So there is some mechanism by which I don't understand beyond Fox News where dumb ideas, dangerous ideas get entertained in a both sides kind of way by people in the middle, which mm-hmm. does lead me to Andrew Sullivan. Andrew Sullivan uh, really outdid himself this week. I didn't <laughs> know he could. He, he shit the bed twice. He shit the bed twice in exactly the same way. Um, it was remarkable. I wrote a whole post about you know, I have a regular feature called Stupid Shit Andrew Sullivan Says. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. And this week, uh, he he gave um, credence to an entirely fake news report about black and white students being graded differently because of critical race theory. Yeah. And of course, Andrew And it's going to Sullivan- be easier grading for black students. That sure, was the point. We're going to give black them. students a pass because affirmative yeah. action. Which and it was a fake story. It wasn't true. Fake story. And Andrew Sullivan had to weigh in with, but of course, because <laughs> that's Andrew Sullivan. And of course, 10 minutes later, it's like, dude, did you read the thing? But he didn't. And he just has opinions about what's going on. He lives in a little apartment, or a little condo in Washington, D.C. He has no fucking idea what's going on in the rest of the country. He has a complete fantasy idea of the America he wants, which resembles Margaret Thatcher's England without health care and lots mm-hmm. more guns. That's what Andrew Sullivan thinks America is in his heart and should be. And therefore, all the problems caused by this country are caused by liberals and LGBTQ people and CRT and speech codes. Wait a minute. He is America's most prominent, make sure I get this right, privileged, white, gay, Catholic, Tory, conservative, libertarian phrenologist. Mm -hmm. And he has many opinions about shit. 
And I thought, okay, well, this I'll write this up because I write up Andrew Sullivan's stupid shit. But you so know what? I, I time out though. Uh-huh. He he, you you said he, he was anti LGBT. Oh yeah, yeah. The the alphabet people. <laughs> but he's gay. Yeah, well, that gay is one thing, honey. Trans is something entirely different. Uh, I trans see. Is just, okay. Trans is just a pose. It's a posture. And, well, and it's young fake. people in America, it's, it's fashion. It's not. It's young people being groomed into becoming. It's what something people yet. used to say gay people were. A yeah, lifestyle exactly. Choice. It's a just lifestyle a lifestyle choice. choice. Yes. And Andrew Sullivan. It oh, is God. the ultimate burn the ladder behind me. Yes. Once I got the right to get oh, married, fuck the rest of you. Yeah. And so, and he really is this bitter old English Tory asshole yep. who happens to be gay. But yep. the fact that he happens to be gay has nothing to do with the fact or has everything to do with the fact that he is, he was a validator for con- terrible conservative ideas for decades. Oh, well, we got, a, we got a liberal. Look at Andrew Sullivan. Hey, look, we've got, we've got Michael Steele. Black people love us. And, Andrew Sullivan, for a while there, got, during the Obama administration, got swoony and, you know, enamored of that, got invited to the White House. It was great. But his inherent, awful Tory racism kicked in. And now he's back to being Bill Maher's bitter asshole Tory gay friend. Well, and that's another one, Bill Maher, who's, oh, this this pride stuff has just gone too far. And yeah. bless their hearts over at Balloon Juice. They, uh... <laughs> They sent Andrew Sullivan a letter, uh, an email about um, the Danish people and their glorious history of rushing shooters um, as a Nordic tradition. Yeah, the Nordic uh, tradition of rushing mass shooters. Yeah, uh, you know, that's that's <laughs> how our, they be. Unarmed Danes. Yeah, unarmed Danes. Well, unarmed <laughs> Danish children. Unarmed Danish children rushing rushing shooters. I'm sorry to laugh, but the way it was put was yeah. this this. This may sound counterindicated. This may be right. counterindicated, which is like a magic word for Andrew Sullivan, apparently. Mm-hmm. But it's true. The Danes have true. a long tradition. You can <laughs> of you unarmed can... school children rushing mass shooters and disarming them. And they, and it, it's I'm a gun safety consultant cur- currently working with the Danish government. <laughs> well, it's easy to mock Megan McArdle for suggesting blah blah blah. And it goes into this long tradition of the Danes have of children, children, even children, rushing mass shooters. Uh, there was even something in, in Nordic mythology uh, to support this, this long yeah. tradition. And like, and you know what you did? You showed the restraint not to say, and this is how we defeated the Nazis. Yeah, did, they didn't say that. Yeah, We threw yeah. our babies at their tanks. But yeah. he, he showed restraint and Andrew Sullivan was completely taken in. And put um, it up as his blog, right? Now, because, now why did he do this? And why did he just go immediately to, well, of course, black yeah. kids are going to get, you know, extra stuff, free yeah. stuff, free grades. Yeah. Because Andrew Sullivan is a racist. And Andrew <laughs> Sullivan is an elitist. And, but how do those bad ideas come so easily to his head? Because he is receptive to them. Mm-hmm. That's how disease, idea diseases work. Yep. You are receptive to the notion that black people are going to be given advantages you don't get. Right. And so right. you believe anything anyone tells you about that. That you totally believe... explains replacement, the great replacement theory. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Explains. Yep. So bad, but you want to talk a little bit about good ideas, I believe, Blue Cat. Oh, I just wanted to mention that it, there has been a trend on uh, Twitter this week. We've noticed a lot of people talking about both sides don't. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I'm just and, so happy. And we credit our listeners for wearing Both Sides Don't merch and putting it on their cars and everything mm-hmm. that obviously it's getting out there. It is. Um, but yeah, I, 
you had the epidema epidemiology of bad ideas and i put in our notes the epidemiology of good ideas yeah and that we i begged you last night at dinner we are not changing this to the we told you so podcast <laughs> no, that's, that's for <laughs> our video the primaries being lit yeah is my prediction right and it's so true uh this is not the we told you so podcast we're excited that these ideas are getting out there at long oh very last. much so very much so and the- and i appreciate that shock on twitter is continually saying, you know, you guys have been in the ramparts for 10 years on this subject. Yes. And that's it's nice to be acknowledged and recognized for that. But we're not here to say uh, we have been telling you this for years and blah, no. blah. How dare you, you know, usurp our ideas or anything like that. That's not well, where if I you come, come from. Come to Springfield, buy me a beer. And I will say that. <laughs> I will say that over and over again. But, <laughs> scotch, not, right? but not today. Yeah, a nice, a nice high, a nice top shelf scotch. Right, uh, I, right. I will nonetheless beef with recently former Republicans who yes. pretend that they just discovered this was true. And, and and try to put their brand on it. That's and, different. Right? And shit on liberals. Yep. For, for not knowing this. Th- no, shit on liberals for saying that they were somehow to blame for this. <laughs> and, and pretend that history began in 2016, which yeah, most that's definitely a different, did not. That's a different that's a whole, ball of wax. Different yeah. breed of cat. Um, and I did want to take one moment. I, there's other stuff I'll talk about next week, but I did want to take one moment to mark the 15th anniversary of the passing of Mr. Stephen Gilliard. Oh my goodness. 15 um, years. It's been 15 years, 15 long years. <sighs> and I still um, pull stuff off of his now long, you know, abandoned uh, old blog, the news blog. Um, I still reprint chunks from fighting liberal, which was 2003 or 2004, I think. Um, and Steve Gilliard is a reminder of back in the day when there was no Twitter and there was no YouTube and writing was king. Um, you know, America was shocked when they learned that Stephen Juilliard was black. Yes, and Digby right. was a woman. Digby's yeah. a woman, but she writes so well. <laughs> Steve Juilliard's black, but he writes about history and and he writes so muscularly. See, this is um, why I put panties on my blog for like ten yeah. years. Is because I'm a woman. I'm a woman and uh-huh. and doing that distracted them from the but she, well, I can't read her writing. Oh yeah. no, I just go there for the panties. You don't understand. <laughs> well, and there was there was a time during the very darkest years that the right around the ele- the re-election of George Bush. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. a lot of us thought wouldn't happen because he right. was such a manifestly incompetent man who had a manifestly evil uh vice president and yeah. a manifestly corrupt cabinet. And how could you, and we're going to run a war veteran against him. Right. And it was, and he won and Bush won and Bush won by thanks to Matthew Dowd and Carl Rove crafting a hateful campaign of gay bashing among other things. Yeah. Um, And it was, it, it, it literally left us feeling like a lot of you felt after you learned that Donald Trump won. Yep. Just utterly bereft. Like what the fuck is happening in this country that this, this absolute, Failure can be reelected after four years of catastrophe and and disaster. How mm-hmm. can this be true? And of course, you go to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and and the Chicago Tribune. Nothing. You go to the networks. Nothing. There's nothing out there that, that gives us oxygen. And then we discover Talking Points Memo. Yeah. And then we discover Steve J- uh, Talking Points Memo. I think led me to the uh, a, a a diatribe published diatribe by a waitress who was in a restaurant and basically lit into people for voting for George Bush. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was passionate and, and uplifting and, and all of us collectively went, 
oh my God, there's people out there like us. We did not know. Who, who actually are just as outraged as we are. Yeah. There was no connective tissue in this community at all. There was at the at the political organizing level, but not at the citizen, holy shit, what happened to this country level? And suddenly there are these blogs out there where people like us, a lot of them were basically every day was fuck you, fuck you, fuck Bush. Fuck Bush, okay. yes, right. That was That was your blog. But suddenly there was a whole universe of people out there who thought like we did and felt like we did. And, and we exchanged ideas and we exchanged strategies and we felt like we were, we could breathe again, that this country had people like us who cared deeply about this, but had never had an outlet for our voice. Mm-hmm. And that's why having archives going back all the way 17 plus years ago and mm-hmm. coming on 18 2004, years ago for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. November of 20, 2004 was when I started my blog and you were mm-hmm. March of 20. 2005, right? 2005. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having archives and going, be able, being able to go back because writing is a memory aid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but I can remember things I wrote 15 years ago, almost verbatim. I can't remember what we had for breakfast yesterday, but I can remember <laughs> things I wrote because it, it is in a weird way, a mnemonic aid. It, it, it forces you to research and forces you to put it down on paper. And if you wrote something especially good, it sort of resonates. Mm-hmm. And having archives among older bloggers going back that far lets us have this sort of, I, I want to say, stealing from the Food Network, a, a flavor profile, yes. a depth of flavor. We have mm-hmm. lots of spices. We have lots of ingredients going way, way, way back. Don't forget umami, Drift Class. We have umami. We've got a good mouthfeel. <laughs> and it really, you know, it, 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 it didn't make us rich. It didn't make us famous. It didn't change the world. But it did give us a vocabulary. It did give us... Uh, something to hold us to this earth when it felt like we were we were all being blown away. And Stephen Gilliard was my gateway drug to that. Oh, yeah. And, and your and godfather. The, I mean, the godfather was, was my, of your blog. He was my blog father. And he kicked me out of his blog because I kept writing comments that ran on for three pages. And, and he, that he thought were really them, good. And he posted them. He said, finally, dude, get the hell out of here. Start your own blog. And I did. Yep. And I'm glad I did because of all the people who were blogging under Steve, who commented under Steve, and who started in a group setting. Uh, there After he passed, a bunch of people did a group news blog. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I might be the only person left who actually writes about him regularly. And, and still writes every day. And still writes every day and still remembers in, in the connective tissue. I'm not him. You know, yeah, right, I'm not right. one of the founding fathers, but I was the next generation after them. Right. I remember what they did and I learned my lesson and a few of us are still around, but I well, just want to I mark- gotta say, I have a, a tremendously uh, enhanced appreciation of you drift class this week. Because I realized um, someone brought up something that happened in 2007. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. But it was something. And I went and looked it up, not on Google, not not (laughs) on YouTube. (laughs) I went and searched your blog. Yeah. To find the reference that, oh, I know what it was. Mm -hmm. It was um, the uh, goat fucking comment. Yes. From uh, Eric Erickson. Eric Erickson. David David Souter. David Souter calling David Souter a, a goat fucking pedophile. I mm-hmm. mean, there's that really is sort of the seed by which QAnon and their yes. pedophilia fanaticism. Mm-hmm. Here's Eric Erickson calling David Souter a Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. a goat fucking pedophile. Mm-hmm. And I made some comment about uh Eric Erickson and goat fucking. And someone replied, 
as if a goat would fuck Eric Erickson. And I said, no, 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 it doesn't have anything to do with, with actual goats. <laughs> it has to uh-huh. do with a comment. I was actually tossing Eric Erickson's words back in his face. Right. And rather than look that up anywhere else, <laughs> I went to your blog because I knew yeah. Yeah. there would be a reference, at least one reference mm-hmm. to, and a link to where it had started and what year it had started. I think it's 2006, but, um, I'm grateful that you have archives and that, you know, I know blogger wants, I know Google wants to get rid of blogger. They just do. They really do. And they they can't because there's too many people using it. So keep using it, Drift Glass. I I promise I'll keep using it. You and and Steve M. both stay on blogger. So. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I, I, this is not nostalgia. This is not, you know, things were better back then because, you know, they really kind of weren't, but, there were it, it's long enough ago to remember that there were lots of people writing at that time. It's community, a, yeah. Well, and 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 with passion, mm-hmm. and we're saying, literally, this is the direction the GOP is headed. You have to stop them. They're going. They're a, they're a, they're a proto-fascist movement. They're incubating very rapidly, and it's going to get real bad. And they're going for the courts. They're going to come for your vagina. They're going to mm-hmm. they're, they're going to pump guns into the and just all of it was true. All of it has come to pass. Yeah. And that community of people, I regret, you know, it, it dispersing. And a lot of them have died and a lot of them just stopped blogging. But, you know, it, it really isn't nostalgia. It's more like, you know, we've been here before. Mm-hmm. And there were people who gave us, you know, blog to mouth resuscitation. Yeah. And kept us going and kept us alive and kept us moving forward and kept us hopeful. Not stupid, crazy hopeful, like. You know, magically, Joe Biden's going to have the power to do everything we want. But Steve Gilliard was a pragmatic, um, bare knuckle political tactician. He knew New York politics. He knew your, he knew African American politics, and he knew presidential politics. He knew who to punch. And he knew the media who, too. He did. Um, he knew. Yeah. He knew it very well. And and having that in our back pocket, having that as part of our collective history. Everyone listening to this, this is part of your legacy. This is part of your history um, mm-hmm. is a powerful thing. Sometimes it weighs heavily because it's like, fuck, we got to do this again, again, really? We got to do this again? But it is a it is a hopeful and strong legacy that we have all this history shared together and we know what's coming and we know what moves they're going to make. And it's just getting the people who don't want to take a side, who want to sit on the sidelines, who want to sit on the edge and bitch about everything and say, nothing's ever going to change. Everything sucks. Democrats are no better than Republicans. Force those people inch by inch to pick an aside and either getting off the playing field or suiting up and joining our team. So 15 years. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. So, and Drift Class, uh, not to quote the uh, publisher, the former publisher of the... um, Nebraska pastor, but <laughs> you and I are going to go in a different direction. We're going to do that. We're going to take a little left turn here. Yeah. A little left turn. Yeah. Uh, we're working on doing uh, a little bit of live video Yeah, and drift class is ready. He's ready to go I'm on ready. camera. I'm ready. I've grown my um, ZZ top beard. I have a no. big pork pie hat. No. I have Elton John sunglasses. No, no, it's but uh, we're working on it. We're working on testing software and testing our cameras and, you know, we're going to sit side by side with leopard skin shirts on and yes. um, you're going to make declarative statements and I'm going to sit next to you and go five eggs. Uh-huh. Five egg. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, it. That's our plan. It's, it's the diamond and silk of the left mm-hmm. uh, with my pillow sales and, and credits and 
discount codes and all that sort of thing. No, it's not. Uh, we're just going to sit and talk for 15 minutes on video and see how that goes. Uh, and on one Because we have the only complaint we've gotten, we've gotten a lot of complaints. That's a lie. Um, but the most consistent complaint we've gotten is we don't do this more often than one, once a week. Yeah. And uh, there's stuff coming flying at us. And we'd appreciate it if you would just, you know, drop a 15 minute one subject. Here's what happened to Dave thing every now and then would be appreciated. Yeah. And, and, and I don't have the time to do this daily. But we're talking about when we can do it in a way that doesn't overlap with how sparks because we're not idiots. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but we're we're gonna see what we can do. We we want to to do this and have more of an opportunity to talk to you. All right. And this okay. and the last thing, Drift Glass, is um we we often say if you like this episode, donate five bucks. Uh if you donate this week, your money will be going to take youngest child out to dinner on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, she is graduating from high school. Mm-hmm. And your donation will pay for a dinner out for youngest child. Um, I said to my 86 year old father on the phone this week, I said, my, my youngest child is graduating from high school. I feel old. And my 86 year old dad said, you are old. Yes. Well, and I, then I, ho- I hope he shot back. I don't know if you know this, but uh, my youngest grandchild <laughs> is graduating from high school this Your week. My youngest grandchild is graduating from high school, dad. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, let me tell you about being old. Yeah, 86-year-old yeah. grandpa. Yeah. But he loves her and, uh, uh, yeah. you know, they have, they have a great relationship, the two of yes, them. They do. So that's terrific. All right. Let's do a news roundup, Drift Glass. The binding continues from ABC News that Uvalde Police and School District are no longer cooperating with the probe of the Uvalde School Texas shooting. Yeah. Uh, The House Judiciary Committee called an emergency hearing to consider the Protect Our Kids Act, which is a package of eight gun control bills that committee chair Jerry Nadler said he intends to bring to the House floor as soon as possible. The omnibus package would increase the legal purchasing age for semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21, ban the import, sale, manufacture, transfer, or possession of large capacity magazines, and establish requirements and criminal penalties to regulate the storage of firearms on residential properties. However, even if the package passed the House, it would still face a filibuster by the Senate Republicans, and at least 15 mass shootings have taken place across the United States since the shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. 15 since Uvalde. Since then. Since yep. then. Uh, this was the week that Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson blamed critical race theory and wokeness for school shootings. Uh, this is also the week, as we mentioned, that Laura Ingram asked, why aren't people in general not talking more about the pot psychosis violent behavior connection? Because marijuana might be the real root cause of mass shootings. This was the week that former Fox News host Megyn Kelly hooked up with America's most prominent privileged white gay Catholic Tory conservative libertarian phrenologist Andrew Sullivan to whine about trans athletes. Quote, the cultural issue has been co-opted by the radical left, which has taken hold of what was once the gay rights movement. Oh, yeah. he is pulling up the ladder, isn't he? Oh, yeah. No, this yeah. His, his alliance lasts just long enough for him to get what he wants. And then the knife goes right in the back. I got mine. Go to hell. Right. In bad courtroom thingies for Republican news, a federal judge has shot down Sarah Palin's request for a new defamation trial against the New York Times. Motion denied, Sarah. Newsmax's Rob Schmidthead <laughs> traveled to Ukraine to try to get President Zelensky to repeat the Trump talking point 
about how Putin's invasion of Ukraine wouldn't have happened if Trump was still in office. Zelensky shut him right down. So apparently Zelensky is still not willing to do propaganda for Donald Trump. Yeah. Will he never learn? <laughs> this week, the Supreme Court leak investigation heated up as clerks were asked for their phone records. This is an unprecedented move. And since no laws were actually broken, this sure sounds like unreasonable search and seizure to me. Videos surfaced showing Republican Party operatives meeting with activists, revealing a multi-pronged strategy to target and overturn votes in Democratic precincts, install trained recruits as poll workers, and put them in direct contact with party attorneys. They yeah. care about winning. They don't care about democracy. At any cost. This week in Trump rally hilarity, uh, one of the Proud Boys was denied entry at the Trump rally being told, Nothing with Proud Boy or QAnon symbols will be allowed. He responded, you're kidding me. The Trump campaign gave us VIP tickets. This is really happening? Can't I ask why Proud Boys aren't allowed? Yeah, dude. Just hang in they there, man. They don't want QAnon and Proud Boys insignia on the video of the rally. That's right. That's that all... implicates Trump with the January 6th convictions. Right. That are coming down the pike. Yeah. Yes, they are. Scary warning from Marco Rubio, so you know it's going to be dumb as toast, okay? Just warning you. Biden will be cutting off Pell Grant school lunches and billions of other federal education dollars to any school or college that refuses to follow his new and radical transgender and LGBT policies. Is any of this true? No. Is Marco Rubio running for re-election this year? Yes. <laughs> That's why it matters. Did Andrew Sullivan believe every fucking word of it? I'm sure, sure he did. I'm sure he did. Uh, Peter Navarro, who is a former Trump aide, got served this week, got served a grand jury subpoena, which did not make him happy. The European Union has now banned most Russian oil. And speaking of banned things, oh, J.D. No. Vance told a Catholic magazine just last year that porn should be restricted to help at, quote, isolated generation thrive. Yeah, J.D. Vance. Good old guy. Ban porn in the Catholic Church? Really? Yeah. Um, here's some good news in local news. Okay. Per the Illinois Economic Policy Institute, the planned expansion of Illinois broadband infrastructure will create 25,000 jobs, boost the economy by billions, and pay for itself in less than a decade. Now, here's an important note about the Illinois Economic Policy Institute. It is not the Illinois Policy Institute, which is a hard right-wing libertarian policy shop that's financially supported from foundations associated with the Koch brothers, the Mercer family, the Uline family, and the Rauner family. The Illinois Economic Policy Institute promotes thoughtful economic growth for businesses and working families and focuses on things like workers' rights, transportation, and fair wages, and has a board of directors made up of labor leaders and small business owners and educators. Mm. Two entirely different things. You read the next one, Drift Class, because this is really you. <laughs> okay. As I mentioned before, sometimes we just watch Fox News for the local political ads, and they are lit. Rodney Davis, our bland, standard-issue Republican mope congressman, is now on YouTube promising to end the, quote, socialist madness in Washington. He says he's rated 100% pro-life, and his Defender of the Second Amendment clip shows a man that looks like he's in a cop uniform 
wearing the thin blue line flag patch at a gun range, blasting away with an AR-15 and strolling along. And then the last clip is Rodney Davis strolling along one segment of Trump's big stupid wall, the part that hasn't collapsed, looking up reverently while the voiceover says, Rodney Davis is tough on illegal immigration. He's the true conservative in this race, damn it. The American Dream Federal Action Committee paid for this ad. Now I got to go figure out who the hell they are and which crackpot billionaire family funds them. Yeah, that's right. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Patches. Patches' preferred activity is hiding in any and all tote bags, suitcases, grocery bags, etc., and then popping out to attack you as you walk past unsuspectingly. Ha! Of course, Patches, who is really a cute kitty, and um, in this picture, his eyes are really dilated because he's been (laughs) inside the bag for too long, and so (laughs) he's ready to hop out and get you. And of course, he eats freshly poured cat food, our fake sponsor, uh, you know, for the energy you need to attack, right? Right, right. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, Your cats will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured. Freshly poured. Oh, my Lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Patches. He's really a darling kitty, but watch out (laughs) at our Facebook page and website. And 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 this is is where I should insert the who let the cat out of the bag joke. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to heroically prevent myself from saying something as silly as that. You can let the cat out of the bag, but don't let the cat get in your suitcase. <laughs> if you're packing for a trip, Roscoe yeah, will they... leave his scent yes, he in will. the suitcase. And I don't mean that in a nice way. And then you'll have to do laundry real quick and repack the suitcase because he doesn't or want you to go. find another suitcase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, woo. Oh, man. Ooh, strong. This is a worse smell in the world. This is, this is, a, this is some. Well, it's angry cat urine. And angry that's, cat urine. Yeah. I think that was the name of your band in 1986, it was. wasn't it? It was. We, we had that one hit, and then you know, <laughs> angry cat urine's one hit. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail dot com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses. We reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions. Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Hashtag DeJoy and Nancy Reagan stamps at the White House during Pride Week. Just, I can't. I'm shaking my head. I'm just shaking my head. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job. And your donation this week will go to take youngest child out to dinner for her graduation. <laughs> for apps and zerts. For apps right. and zerts. Mm-hmm. Right. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution you can too. See our website, proleftpod.com for details. Our PayPal postal address information, it's all there at proleftpod.com. Please share our show on social media. And if you love this podcast, please donate five bucks. Thank you for doing that. Hey, Driftquest, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties are lobbying Amazon Prime to do Night Sky, but with cats. Let's think about living. Think about living. Just think about loving. Think about loving. 
Just think about the hooping and the humping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2022. DGBG Productions Incorporated.